Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome again, or for the first time, I don't know your life, to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. And this week we have our brand new friend, Emily Zell. Emily is a senior at the University of Missouri. She's studying to become a high school teacher, and she's also a stand-up comedian, which we love. We love it. (laughs) Everybody welcome, Emily. Hey, thanks for having me. I am obsessed with the fact that I didn't know. So we have people send us little, you know, in Google invite calendar, whatever. And in it, it said that you go to, how do you pronounce it? Mizzou. Mizzou. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck it is. Okay. When I, when I saw that, first of all, when I, when I got your email that like, Oh, like we found, like I found you because uh, of our friends, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. I was like, wow, cool. And then yeah, when when you submitted the thing and you were like, I'm from Missouri. I was like, Oh no, this poor girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Emily, before we get too into the funnies, because we, we can get into the funnies. Tell us, you're uh today we're talking about quote-unquote dating right we all know purity culture sucks but tell us about your life story your testimony all about that oh god <laughs> oh the word testimony oh my gosh testimony. i know well i was i grew up super reformed so like we were like fuck testimonies <laughs> oh wait really that? you can like, absolutely <laughs> fucking curse on this podcast okay like they were like, they were like, you know, you were baptized as a baby, and it doesn't matter when you like chose God, like because you didn't choose God, all that. So, oh yeah. Whenever when anyone was like, "What's your testimony?" I was like, "I don't have one, <laughs> whatever." But um, <laughs> besides the point, um, yeah, I grew up like really good little church kid. Um, grew up Reformed Presbyterian. Um, my mom was the children's director, so I was at the church all the time, and was just very active. I was on the worship team, just all that. And was like really good at Sunday school. Like I won the Bible award at my school. So <laughs> I know. Thank you. But um yeah, and so just growing up in that environment and then um, you know, there being all these like, what does it look like to date? And it's hard, I think, because dating there's like so many rules about dating but also marriage is like such a thing of like 
this is how you succeed. So you're like so stressed about dating, but you're also like so stressed about getting married. <laughs> like you're just like, mm-hmm. I, just gotta, I gotta get this shit done. <laughs> I was one time telling. I gotta get my- this shit done. <laughs> Check. <laughs> I was just like, I was like telling my pastor one time. I was like, I just want to get married so I can get people off my back. And he was like, hmm, romantic. <laughs> romantic. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just like, and I think also this is kind of a tangent, but I think a lot of that can be rooted in complementarianism because if you say yes. like you have to have a guy and a girl to create the image of god of course you're gonna put marriage on this pedestal and you're gonna devalue single people mm. um yeah but yeah so anyway like i remember being in youth group or whatever and we like split up for the dating talk and you know you always get told like guys are just the most sexual people in the world and you're you you're not. have no sexual desires at all. And then when you do, like myself, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a freak, right? <laughs> like, I remember the first time another girl was like, I have a sex drive. I just started bawling. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, really? Like, I thought I was just gross. And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> I, um, yeah, been there. Know exactly how that feels. <laughs> um but yeah so I didn't really date in um I didn't date in elementary school I didn't but um and not in high school either and but you know I had all the talks and like listened to all the sermons you know just like on the podcast and you know every time like I liked the boy that didn't like me back you know I would find a sermon about like dealing with lifelong singleness no (laughs) God's just called you to be single. I was like, I don't want it, God. Please. Please. Um, I was like, I just don't want this for my calling, but, you know, i got to be at peace with what the Lord gives me. <laughs> you know, the singleness is a gift, even if I don't want it. Whatever. Oh, God, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny that, like, singleness is a gift to when you don't want to hear single people talk about the hard parts of being single, but, like, it sucks in a sense that you're like, what? Is, why are you, how are you failing by not finding a spouse? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so then I had, you know, listened to all the things about dating and like gave a lot of friends like advice about dating because of all my podcast knowledge. Um, <laughs> and then I got um, asked out by this guy that I went to high school with my, this was just last year, my junior year, um, of college. And he was a worship minister at a church and, um, yeah. And it was like really nice and chill, but I also felt like so much anxiety right away. And I was so confused why, cause I was like, I've been wanting this for so long. Um, and thinking that no one would ever like ever be interested which I've recently traced back to like growing up really reformed and being told since you're a toddler like you are just pure evil um yeah you're gonna think that no one will love you like mm-hmm. my mom tells a story when I was four she walked past my room and I was on my knees praying god help me not be such a bad kid oh, oh no and I'm just like four-year-old Emily doesn't need that she just wants a hug and to play with her stuffed animals like she doesn't need to be told she's just a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, coming in with all of that is, like, 
yeah you're not gonna like I kept saying like I don't get why he likes me like I'm so confused but then when we did start dating then it was all the questions of like am I spending too much time with him am I treating this like a mini marriage am I what are our physical boundaries like just all the things like it never stops and I was like always so stressed I was like I think we have to have like 20 conversations right now about like all the things we decide and he was like oh like okay (laughs) he was like I mean we can talk about those things because I was like I don't want to prioritize him but then my friends were like but also don't like you know never talk to him and I a big thing was like dating in community like just as long as you're dating in community like everything will be fine I've (laughs) never heard that in my life oh wow he's gotta he's gotta date your friends too (laughs) oh you wanna be my lover but um (laughs) but I think what was hard with that is is I ended up not trusting my voice at all and so like I think I was in counseling during this time because I would come in and I'd be like I'm so excited but I'm stressed about this and about doing this right and this right and this right and she was like I'm getting anxiety just hearing you talk about like all the things that you feel like you have to do and I was like and I'm trying to make sure everyone feels like I value their voice and she was like, hey, Emily, also, you're the one in the relationship, and it's okay to admit that, like, you probably have a better vision on it than, like, anyone else does. Yes. But mm-hmm. I feel like the church will tell you, like, you have the worst vision on it because you suck and because you're, like, with you have your, like, love goggles. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, my, what I think about how this relationship going doesn't matter at all. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just ended up being like a really, (laughs) a really just hard and stressful time. And I was always stressed about it, that we weren't doing things like good enough and that we weren't making everyone's parents happy or we were spending too much time together or talking too much. And it was just like, I mean, a relationship like can't sit under the weight of that. Plus the weight of like, Emily doesn't believe her lovability at all. So I'm just like, it was also this, like, this is probably my only shot at getting married. Because it was like, oh, finally I tricked someone into thinking that I'm not evil. <laughs> and I gotta get this shit done, right? I gotta, I gotta lock someone down. And so it was this, like, it was very, I really was, like, longing for um, some security. And every time we, like, put in, like, when we put the boyfriend-girlfriend label on it, I was like, wait, but I still feel unlovable like that nothing like mm-hmm. fixed it and, and so like it's funny because that's actually how my deconstruction started because <laughs> I was really stressed one day about like how to date and I was like I should just find more podcasts that's my answer to everything but <laughs> and so I looked up like dating like a Christian and the dirty rotten church kids and I was like perfect now I can like learn how to date like a Christian <laughs> And then they just get up there and they're just like, man, fuck Christian dating. Like, you're a person and you have feelings and desires. And really, you just feel like you have to lie all the time. And that's Christian dating. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then that's when I, like, heard about deconstruction for the first time, really felt free to, like, let go of some things. And so it's just kind of random that that's this whole, like, saga is how my deconstruction started. Mm -hmm. Not what you signed up for, but glad you're here. (laughs) You <laughs> Another fallen Christian at the hands of the dirty, rotten church kids. Mm-mm-mm. 
those boys <laughs> i honestly just you telling your story i got like i got like ptsd like thinking about so much of like especially because josie and i went to a christian university so the the pressures of christian dating wasn't even just like at church because it was at school like everybody you mm. dated on campus like I mean, not everybody on campus was a Christian, but you know, majority of them were. And so there was those social structures and, um, yeah, the definitely like ring by spring. Like, I don't know if that's a thing in the South, uh, but you know, like at Christian schools it is. And just like exactly what you said of like, I have to like get this shit done. Cause I'm on a timeline. And if I like graduate at 22 years old and I'm not in a serious relationship, or if I'm not like already planning my wedding, then like I'm doomed, which like looking back, I'm like, God, that is like wild to think about. <laughs> it's also wild because I mean, I didn't date in college cause I was like, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I ain't doing this complimentarian bullshit. Um, but I did <laughs> start sleeping around in college and by sleeping around, I mean, four sexual partners in four years. Um, and they lasted like a month, just little booty calls, you know? So a real, real Christian hussy. And <laughs> I remember having to like sit my friends down because of the whole community aspect and tell them individually, like, um, because I mean, I was depressed, I was acting funny and I was trying to rid myself of like all this sexual shame through sleeping with people, which only works if you're a sociopath like me. And <laughs> I remember having to sit them down like and tell them why I was acting funny and like what I was going through. And one of my friends, God bless his soul. He was like crying. We're all crying at this coffee shop at Mantra. Shout out to Mantra in Azusa. And he was crying. He was like, Josie, I just really feel like I want to go beat this guy up. But it's not his fault. It's yours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I know, dude. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm just dealing with this differently. And it was just like this whole process of like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to do things the way that we were taught to do things. I'm just going to go ahead and do it my way. But that's like what this whole culture brings about, right? Like of this, like you have to do things the right way. You have to date people the right way. You have to have sex the right way, which is <laughs> boring and with one person in your whole life. Um, and it was just like so annoying looking back now. And I mean, I probably would have done the same thing all over again, but that's the type of bullshit that we have to deal with. <laughs> and I think going back to like what Spencer was saying is like about how, you know, trying to just like get it done is mm. I'm pretty new to deconstruction still and I'm still battling that anxiety and that just like urgency of wanting mm -hmm. to get it done mm -hmm. and it's like like I mean as I've just been processing through like what do I really believe and what do I think it's like now I feel like I've been putting that urgency that I felt on marriage it's still about marriage but now it's like on my deconstruction because I'm like I have to figure out exactly what I believe because then I can know like the kind of pool of guys I can look at and it's like <laughs> I mean I was just I think about it all the time because I don't feel like I have time mm. and that's like that part hasn't gone that part of my conditioning hasn't gone yet as much as I would love it to because mm -hmm. I still feel like the clock is ticking and now I feel like I'm having this detour and also Okay, I don't know if anyone has felt this way, but like deconstructing and feeling like 
okay, I don't fit into the like good Christian girl molds that I used to fit in. But I also like, as I'm deconstructing my like desire for what my future to look like hasn't changed yet. Like I yep. like I feel like I still have the like Welcome to the club. family dream where I'm like just my little kids out and take them to church and I'm just like what is like I don't know like it's hard to not know what you want and yet still like try to get get into the dating world again. Like I went on a date with a Buddhist and I was like and <laughs> He was like, I'm too much of a bad boy for you. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just stressed and I don't know what I want. <laughs> it's just, it, it's Too hard. much of a bad boy as a Buddhist? <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> okay, to be fair, he read one book called Hardcore Zen and he was like, I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> oh. Well, don't date him for Red other flag. reasons. <laughs> being a Buddhist isn't a I'm red a flag, but the, <laughs> one bo- reading one book and being like, this is it, red flag. It's like the red flag. Well, the, uh, the the kids read systematic theology once, and they're like, "I know everything about theology now." <laughs> I, um, so one, the idea of like things changing, but the what you want for your future not changing. Um, hi, my name is Spencer. That's me. <laughs> I um, again, if y'all have listened for a while, y'all know that I recently stepped back into ministry, and like, but being a part of a church that's like you know, like LGBTQ affirming and like, they know I have this podcast and that kind of stuff is like comforting because I still have that mentality of like, I, when my kid's born, like I want to take her to church and I want to raise her in that. But like realizing that like that has changed because of the way that like I participate in the church, if that makes sense. So like, it's not going to be the same in the sense of like, you know, if she gets to a certain age where she's like, I don't really want to go. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to make you go. And um, also I think too, just the idea of like, when you were talking about like never having time, I think that is something universal that's experienced by women because of not just the church, but society puts timelines on us of, you know, you have to, again, even if you're not a Christian, there's like a timeline of like, if you're not married or if you don't have your dream job, or if you're not a mom, like within these certain like timelines, then it's like, well, you're out of time. Like you're shit out of luck. You'll never get your that. biological clock is ticking. Yes. And so exactly like, again, like the, the urge to like get married, like as soon as I was done with college was like real. And it was something that like, like it was like a struggle of the sense of like my husband was like listen I want to marry you but we don't have to get married tomorrow like Mm -hmm. just because like the church or culture whatever says that doesn't mean we have to and so having to like build that together of like okay like what's a realistic timeline that's going to be healthy and it's going to work for both of us and then same thing of like as soon as I got married I was like well I want kids like yesterday because (laughs) in my mind I was like well, shoot, you know, I got married at 24 and I turned 25 two months after. And I was like, I was supposed to be a mom by now. And again, having to do that sort of like, yeah, like my husband's always want kids. Like we've talked about kids very early on in our relationship, but again, it was that like, Hey, I have a desire and I want kids with you, but like, there is no timeline. Like we don't have to do this by a certain time. And so like, like I joked with people, like Jack will be a dad before he's 30. And like, cool it's probably gonna happen but like again it's just that like there was so much of not even just the church but again of just culture and all of these things in my head of like 
I'm running out of time. And like Mm -hmm. comparison to others of my friends are doing this. They're married. They have kids. They're buying a house. Like they're moving. They have these jobs. Like it's all over and the church just adds on to it. It's so true. I mean, when my partner and I started dating, uh, granted our timeline was very rushed for other reasons. We moved in together two months into us dating (laughs) and it still makes me cringe a little bit because if my friends would do that, I would slap them, but I'm better than them. So it's fine. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We moved together. Sorry, Spencer. Don't pay attention to me. Um, So we moved in together two months into dating. And then two months later, I was having so many people calling me a whore, calling me a fornicator in my bloodline. And so I was just like having panic attacks about it until Ryan and I, I, we had a fight over it because I was like, I just need to tell them that we're going to get married. And that's it. I don't need no ring. I don't need anything like that. I just need to be able to tell them that we've decided because we had talked about it and we had decided. Um, it was just like, he's a little science boy. So wants to have like an appropriate timeline of like reactions, like things that happen, you know, four months is probably too soon to be engaged, to be married. But I mean, eventually, yeah, we had to decide to tell people that we were engaged just to get people off my back because he was comfortable with his funny little living girlfriend, but I was the one being called a whore. So, I mean, sometimes it's vague and sometimes it's like, oh, it's funny little TV shows. And other times it's people straight up calling you a whore. And I think also something that like adds to the urgency of trying to get married is so in the denomination I grew up in, it's like all the decisions are like voted on by the elders, which are only men, classic. And, of course. Um, and like, there's like a separate women's schedule where they go shopping, like actually. And I'm just like, wait, they go shopping. And, yeah. There's like shopping trips planned or like For little what? brunches. Just cause just so that just so the wives have something to do while the men make the decisions. Oh, oh my God. I want to <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. It, this is me off and but they made a decision basically where anyone who's not ordained i.e all women couldn't hold any leadership roles in like the mission field we could rant about that forever but um i was saying i was like yeah so it passed uh by 73 percent with all all the white men in the room decided this is a solid idea and i was (laughs) i was so frustrated um that no women were in the room to like vote about a women's issue. And yeah, they also voted that if you just have same sex attraction, you can't be ordained, which don't even get me started about. Oh my God. So they took it, they took it one step further because a lot of denominations have the idea of you can have the attraction, but you can't act on it. You know, like you can Mm -hmm. be celibate, but they took it even the next step of like, if you even think about this, you're cut from the program. And there are some, there are like openly gay pastors in the denomination and I'm like, mm-hmm. already, like it's too late for them in a sense. Cause they already like came out. It's weird. Anyway, that's a side note. But I was talking to my friend whose husband was there. Um, and I was saying, I was like, I feel so frustrated because I don't feel like my voice is in that room as someone who like is still a member of this denomination technically. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Emily, I'm not bothered by the fact that I'm not in the room because my husband's in the room 
and I know that he values my voice. So I kind of feel heard secondarily. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but he's a different person. He's different. He doesn't have a uterus. He doesn't have uh, all the female things that we have to deal with. How does he know? Oh, for sure. But at the same time, like, if that's the best you can do, yeah, get your ass married. And so then you're like, some semblance well, yeah. of listened to. <sighs> so that, like, that's part of how, it. So, how is singleness a gift if the only way you can be heard is if you have a man speak for you? Like, it's not. How? That's what they're trying to tell us. Ah! And the, the uh, honestly, like, the one thing, the the only like, it's not even a good thing. It's just like, at least they're consistent because there's a lot of denominations that won't ordain women in the United States, but will send them to other countries and let them like be missionaries and like rise up like church leaders. And that's racism at its finest because you're not good enough to teach us here in America, the white people, but we'll send you off to all these other countries and you mm-hmm. can teach those people, you little women. And so, um, yeah, that's a shitty thing, but at least they're consistent, right? <laughs> oh, I like thought about that. I was like, if you're going to, if you're going to think that, like, yeah, y'all are being consistent. I'm just pissed at that decision. Yes. <laughs> insane consistency is not always key friends change your mind every once in a while (laughs) (laughs) and i just like so again i think a lot of times too of just you know um like region and like culture really plays into this because like obviously there are a lot of churches like in california in arizona that believe the same thing but i think they still operate a little different because of just like social norms and so i imagine in somewhere like missouri like the culture there is different like like we were talking about earlier um i think before we started recording of just like the the like christian housewife is very like standard culture like what people strive for um so like you said when your friends like well i feel comfortable because my husband's in there like i think a lot of women in that culture would be like yeah like that's me like i feel that versus i think here if somebody said that i would be like what the heck like what do you mean like well yeah because like with my with my partner like i trust him and i think he's great but we think very differently and sometimes i have to pull the well i've been christian longer card you know (laughs) because and that's like a reality like he grew up mormon he doesn't know a lot of the nuances of stuff how is he supposed to speak for me if he doesn't know what is actually being said in the room like you can't just assume that everybody's relationship is equally yoked or whatever bullshit well that's not fair because technically my husband could say that he's been a christian longer but (laughs) Well, doesn't mean he knows participating. <laughs> you have the education, though. You know, you have that piece of paper to wave in his face. <laughs> but okay, with being equally yoked. So I was raised Presbyterian, but was dating a non-denominational boy, and like people were like, <gasps> "Oh no, no!" Like, Mm-mm. like people, like dead ass, told me to break up with him. They were like, Mm-mm. "What are you gonna do? How are you not gonna baptize your babies?" And I'm like, "I think it'll be okay." <laughs> like, like someone was like. How about <laughs> this is a true story? <laughs> How about you sit down and you guys read the Westminster Confession of Faith together? And if he can affirm it, then you can stay with him. And I was like, no, I'm gonna stay with him because 
that's fucking crazy that's so weird it's so weird but i think okay back to the like women thing is as it's really a hard place to be if you're in a very like complimentarian environment because if you as a woman want to be taken theologically seriously you almost have to be like more outspoken about like how women can't do things mm. like i felt the pressure before i was like fuck this i'm in like i'm an egalitarian whatever like um i was like yeah women can't do that and then i was like at least then they'll respect me because like i was talking to my youth pastor because i was at like a non-denominational church camp oh no and this girl was like i want to be a pastor and i asked my youth pastor i was like what do I say to her? I was like, that seems like someone who really wants to follow God and serve him. And that seems awesome. Like, I don't know why I would say no to that. And he was like, um, pastors who are women don't take the Bible seriously. And I was like, well, crap. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I show any desire to have a leadership role, I'm not taking the Bible seriously. And like one of my old like campus ministers, he left and like said something to everyone before he left. And he was like, Emily, don't tell anyone in our denomination that I said this, but you're a minister of the gospel. And I was just like bawling. Cause I was Aww. like, no one ever told me that because yeah. you can't, you couldn't affirm leadership gifting in people and women because that's a little too spooky. And then they might be pastors and like, yeah. Well, that kind of like, like what our friend Hannah said in a, re- in a previous episode, go look it up. Hannah Drossi. She's like, uh, people tell me all the time. She's a pastor that people tell her all the time that she's not supposed to be a pastor. Cause she has no covering over her, you know, or whatever. And sh- she's like, well, I'm going to bring more people to heaven. Isn't that the whole fucking point? Like, isn't that the point? And I like when you're talking about women, that like basically diss on other women as being like taken seriously like i just think about like think of like celebrity pastors in the sense of like um <laughs> like i mean used to be beth moore beth moore is very open about being egalitarian now but when she got her start was very complimentarian and like she's a pastor like she's been a pastor for decades but mm-hmm. people are like well she's not a pastor but like you know, she tells women to stay in their place um, or even just like, I think like Joyce Mayer, like people like that, where it's like exactly what you said of, I think of like the church that like I became a Christian in, like the pastor's wives and like other women in the church that were straight up like women can't be pastors because like husbands are the head. People took their words so seriously and like wanted to listen to them. And I'm like, you're kind of like a pastor right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to tell you this, but like, you're doing what you said you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, well, I'm not teaching over men. And I'm like, but you are because the men are still listening to you. And they mm-hmm. like are taking your word about how they should be husbands to their wives and how they should serve their families. Like mm-hmm. I, it's literally just like exactly what you said. Like, if you want to have a debate with someone, it's like, Hmm, maybe I should pretend to be a complimentarian because then I can talk to them about other things and maybe change their mind and they'll take me seriously mm-hmm. versus like I've had so many times where people will just write me off because it's like, yeah, like I'm an egalitarian and they're like, well, you're already swayed. So any other idea you have is just wrong. And I'm like, Great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And 
I went on like a total Twitter rant about this recently because I grew up really close to the seminary of our denomination and everyone would make a joke if the women would go to seminary that they were getting their MRS degree. Welcome to APU. Welcome to APU. (laughs) And it was like, and one, like as for someone who wanted, as a woman who wanted to go to that seminary for a while, like my mom got me a sweatshirt of that seminary and I cried on Christmas because I was like thank you for just affirming my gifting as a woman like, uh-huh. it was this like, thing of like but also okay um if you do like a certain internship you get an automatic discount to the seminary and men get 75% off and women get 50% off I will what? kill a bitch right now what so I'm just like that's just like you're blatant. telling me you're telling me the <laughs> the pay gap exists and the discount gap exists but yeah but like mm-hmm. the MRS degree thing really pissed me off because I was like there's so much baggage there because one, maybe we can just affirm that women want theological education. Mm, but then like, yes. which is, ooh, ooh, spooky. But also, I, I'll, like, I'll be honest, for years, I told people, like, I really want to be a pastor's wife. And I was really sitting with that. And I was like, no, you want to be a pastor? I want to be a pastor. And I thought that was the only way I could. So yeah, yeah, you get your ass to seminary and you marry a nice pastor boy and that's the best you can do. And it was like, it's so sad that to me, like, I felt like I had to marry into a leadership role that's kind of sneaky. But then the Mm -hmm. other part of it is I was talking to a seminary boy and I was like, he was talking about some of the books he was reading. And I was like, oh, I've read those books too and started a conversation. And he was like, it's intimidating to talk to you. And I was like, okay. So Mm -hmm. I was like, so the only way for me to have a leadership role is to marry a seminary boy but if i know too much theology then i'm not attracted to seminary boys so basically i'm stuck like i have to pretend i know nothing in order to be attractive and then i can you know get this like weird pseudo leadership role and then kind of know my shit you just hit on two of what i think are the biggest problems Mm -hmm. in the church right now number one Access to theological education Mm. should not be a hoop for people to jump through. It should not be as expensive as someone with thousands of dollars in student debt to get the bare minimum, because if you have a bachelor's degree, that's the bare minimum. They want you to go to seminary. One, it should not be that expensive. It should not be that hard to access, especially for women. And number two, exactly what you said of in so many churches, When a pastor gets married or joins a church already married, that wife, that spouse becomes a leader in the church, regardless if they have any education, Mm. any training, any support. And yet Mm. they're expected to lead women's ministries, lead mom's groups, like counsel women through marriage and through dating and all of this stuff with what knowledge because Mm -hmm. like you said if they have the knowledge they're not wanted by these men who want the power but if they and then if they don't have the knowledge then it's like who the hell are you gonna help nobody like Mm -hmm. it's like one big circular issue where i'm like y'all are just so caught up in these like you can't do this you can't do that that like you're perpetuating cycles of people being hurt and abuse and just like lack of knowledge to basic things that it's like, why is this so hard? Jesus did not make it this hard for people to learn about him. Like, Mm -hmm. this is stupid. Mm -hmm. 
I'm mad sorry right now. I'm real mad. <laughs> like, sorry for my rant, but that's no. just like uh. this is a ranting kind of podcast. Spencer. <laughs> Don't know if you've been here for the last forty-one episodes. I have. Even, it's just, even just like uh, going back to like growing up reading the Bible and seeing that Jesus like had being and it being emphasized that Jesus had like twelve male followers who did ministry and like it not being emphasized that like. There they were, were financial, and they were financially supported by the women. But like that, that I mean, you kind of like unintentionally get to this place of like, oh, okay, so like I'm always going to be a secondary leader or a secondary mm. like servant of Christ or whatever. But like, it's just also. Also, when we say that, like, men and women image Christ in the church, that just, like, breeds this thing of, like, men are more godly. Mm. Like, automatically. Because I even, like, had that question. Like, like real talk, I was, like, reading Genesis a few years ago, and I was like, are we, like, all made of God's image, or is it just the dude? We <laughs> are. I was like, <laughs> and yeah, we are, but it's like, it's kind of not talked like that. It's like you image the church, which we also talk about as it sucks. So like, but yeah, just like how Eve was the real, even though it was both of them, it was really Eve because women are like morally inferior. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You just believe a lot of shitty things about yourself as a woman growing up in a complementarian world. And like, yep. yeah. Complementarian churches, like this, honestly, like this is just, I feel like the biblical timeline for them is, Everybody was made in God's image. Then women fucked it up. So women suck. And then Moses Mm -hmm. took the slaves out of Egypt and then they skipped the rest of the Old Testament. And then they're like, and then one day Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, and Jesus loved women. But we're not going to talk about that because then Paul wrote all these books and we only care about what he says. The end. Like that's (laughs) that's the complementarian timeline. Like they skip all of this information in the Old Testament about powerful women serving the Lord. And then when they get to the New Testament and the savior of the world uplifts women into the narrative, into ways nobody has ever seen religiously, culturally, what have you, historically. And then they're still just like, yeah, fuck it. Women, you suck. <laughs> like, what? And, yeah. And it's almost like we shouldn't allow misogynists from 2000 years ago to tell us how to treat women. Huh. What? Wow. I, is it is it Deborah in the book of Judges? Who's like one of the judges? Yes, yes Deborah like, the judge. Yep. I legit remember being told, like, I think someone asked, like, why is a girl allowed to do this? And they were just like, well, sometimes if there's like no men, then God can like make an exception and use a woman. And I was like, oh. So Pretty sure there was like, plenty of men. Last resort. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> like no good men or whatever. But it was just like. Yeah, I just told some weird, some weird shit in Sunday school that I'm only just now realizing. No, I, uh, I was told something <laughs> similar because I, I raised the question to a pastor one time about like when we were talking earlier about what about missionaries like in the field like there's tons of single women as missionaries and they're allowed to preach and he's like, well yeah you know like God is resourceful and so he will he'll like use whoever he can and that's like a last resort and i'm like he will use the last resort to go preach the word to people of color who are underprivileged wow i wonder why racism exists in the white american evangelical church literally i was like that is like one of the most offensive things you can say like you got a double whammy like 
so offensive about women and also so offensive about people of color that like, yeah, God is resourceful. So I'm going to send a white woman from America to save them. Like what? Mm -mm. And this is why missions suck. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, dating. Um, Yeah. We never asked, how did that, uh, the worship leader, you know, how did that turn out for you? Oh, yeah, this is actually kind of sad. We were, like, playing and getting married. Classic, you know? But then Classic. He just, like, was like, I just don't feel like we ever clicked. <laughs> and then just broke up with me. So really sad. Um, Sounds like yeah, Christian dating. Like, truly. Yeah, At so, least he didn't pull the God it, card. God told me to. Yeah, I did appreciate that. But it was like, I told him, like, I was like, hey, man, that's what, like, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Like, if you don't feel like we clicked, okay, I disagree with you. But, like, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, but, um, I was like, I just feel like if you don't feel like you click with someone, don't tell them that you want to marry them. <laughs> don't bring up marriage. Oh my like, God. How easy is that? You don't, you don't need maybe, to, like you don't need to. Maybe even like, um, because I'd imagine that you tell somebody you love them before you say you want to marry them. So like, we did, not, we did. Uh, my, and that's the thing where I'm like, if you're not clicking, then like, how do you, how do you love, love somebody? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's BS. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't have to talk about my relationship. <laughs> 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 um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Mm-mm. I think it was one of those things where, like, and that's another thing. It's like, I've heard from, like, some of my guy friends, and also, like, could just see it in him the ways that, like, when we put this, like, weird ass burden to be, like, the man or, like, the leader, like, yep. that is stressful. Like, okay, 100% honestly, like, I think I think homeboy kind of freaked out and was like, "This is like a really big responsibility to be a leader of a home," and like, and I think he was like, "Ah, oh, I don't think I can do this. Like, maybe another time, whatever." But it's like, maybe I another guess. time. Because <laughs> like, um, he has to take just, take care of you. Like, that's what the expectation is. Yeah, like that would be hard and scary and like a big responsibility. And like he sometimes like listens to Mark Driscoll. Oh my. <laughs> And, Jesus. Red flag. Red flag. And now, well, I didn't know, but now, like, listening now to Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, I'm like, oh, bud. But part of me just feels sad for him. Like, part of me is like, you don't need to be yelled at, but you're not a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you just don't need that. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I that, honestly uh, really feel bad for him. I honestly I'm, know. Too. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times, like, people are like oh like you hate on complementarianism blah 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 and i'm like yeah i hate on it not because it's shitty for just women it's shitty for men too Mm -hmm. like there are so many unhealthy expectations put on them and exactly what you said of in the complementarian theology of like the man is the leader the decision maker the like the nine times out of ten the breadwinner like even if he's not necessarily truly the breadwinner like he has to be treated as such and like Mm -hmm. all of this stuff where i'm like God, like that is just so much pressure to put on another person that like you have to take care of yourself and your wife. And then if you start having children, you got to take care of all of them. And that's on you versus like coming into a marriage of like, I'm an adult and I take care of myself. My husband is an adult and he takes care of himself and we come together and we take care of our household together. We're going to take care of our kids together. We're going to do this together because we're two complete humans made in the image of God that have decided to do in the most cheesy Christian way, we're going to do life together and we're going to make it work. Like, and even if you do fall into these traditional roles that are expressed in mm-hmm. complementarianism, that doesn't mean that you have less of a say because you decided to be a housewife. It yes. just means that you didn't want to pay for a nanny. <laughs> and, and again, there's a lot of things about, um, 
especially I, my own marriage, for example, of like, just the way the cookie crumbles, like there's a lot of things about my marriage that on the outside would look very complimentary. My husband is the breadwinner. I plan to um, adjust my work schedule. If I, if we have that privilege of, I want to work as little as possible when my kids are small until they go to school kind of thing. Like that all is very much like, Oh, that's complimentary. But that's also just what I want as a human. Mm. And again, like if the roles were reversed, if my husband was like, I want to be a stay at home dad like I had a stay-at-home dad growing up like that would not be an issue for me where for a lot of families that is an issue even though like they could clearly see this would benefit their family the church is like can't do that no right and my partner doesn't like negate me or say or complain about me having all these different aspirations I mean he makes more money than me so I guess he doesn't have anything to complain about but he doesn't mind if I have all these entrepreneurial pursuits as a woman and he doesn't care that I make him do the dishes or make him mop the floor or whatever because it's we both live here so we're both gonna do the chores it's just yeah it's the expectations mostly that get people i think that really ruin people's lives is the expectations that we have for each other and try to uphold in each other men we feel you we want what's best for you too yes patriarchy is trash it's definitely better and like and also goes back to the speed thing like he was he just turned 24 and was the oldest like of this whole family, like that's the longest anyone's been single. Oh my god! <laughs> I was twenty like four. Yeah, Poor he had a lot on his plate. <laughs> Poor baby boy. Mm. You know. I'm yeah. like, do, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for people as far as this yes. dating scene goes? <laughs> Wait, you want to hear what I have to say? Oh, yes. well, to that. oh my yes. gosh we affirm you as a woman we uplift you in the image of god you're equal to men in all respects Emily. minister of the gospel oh. let's mm, go mm, mm. let's go um i think i would just say like dating can look like how it looks like for you mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that we mm-hmm. we do this like one size fits all thing and like just like it's gonna be okay and it might not go perfectly perfectly in the terms that you heard but like also just like dating is just getting to know someone like can you just get to know someone and not be like i have to know today that mm-hmm. I'm yes. or not. Mm-hmm. um and just like yeah you know self complimentary role. <laughs> hell like, yes emily don't man. matter do you have uh do you want the people to find you and if you don't feel free to promote anything or everything yourself other things hey does it say that i'm a good little christian girl that when you said do you have i assumed you were gonna say any prayer requests oh <laughs> yes we accept those as well i was like if you have a prayer request <laughs> go for it <laughs> no. um yeah you can follow me on twitter at uh emily k zell um, that's where I kind of rant about stuff like this. So yes. also my Instagram is Emily underscore Zell. Um, follow me on there too. You can, my fan of comedy is on there too. It's also yes. on YouTube. So. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Let's yeah. make Emily famous. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but seriously, thanks so much for having me guys. This is so fun. We love thanks it. If you so want to come guys. back, you are more than welcome. Talk about something else. You got the yeah. link. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Spencer, where can the people find us? 
They can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. They can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. They can find me at Spence Rose. And if you would like to come on the pod, have a story to tell us, send us an email at uh, speakinginchurch at gmail.com. We also accept DMs, but we had to put the email plug in there too somehow, you know? Yes. Anyways. All right, friends. As always, stay woke or get woke. And Jesus loves you. Bye. This has been an irreverent media podcast.